Hey, good morning. This is Saturday morning with George and Phil. 22 minutes to help you become the best version of yourself. Whether you find yourself out of shape, struggling in a dead-end job, or in job transition, we're your hosts this morning. George Murray and Lenny Newman pinch hitting for Phil, who's away. We're here to help you move from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. We're glad you could meet with us uh, early this Saturday morning. And just a note, we do encourage questions in the chat, and we'll try to answer as many of them as they come up. Hey, George, how are you this morning, buddy? I'm doing great. Good morning, Lenny. How are you? Awesome, man. All right. Well, we want to thank first, before we get started, I want to thank our viewers, uh, those we are actually streaming both live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you are watching this on YouTube, even if it's a pre-recorded, just hit the subscribe button and it'll notify you when we're next up on deck. So, George, this morning represents a, a, key, a keystone for us, a milestone. We're at the halfway point of our 12-part series that aligns with your new book due out this summer, Ignite, Engage, and Retain. George, can you talk a little bit more about book number two? Yeah, you know, if the last two years has really proven anything, you know, my first book was really about helping people in transition or if they're contemplating a career. However, the last two years has really kind of really swapped it into the employee market, right? And so organizations are really struggling and leaders are struggling to retain talent. So one of the things that I've looked at is, is there's some key critical things that you can do to turn around and reverse that turnstile. So the book really goes through, um, I think it's like 15 or 16 chapters. And I've interviewed more than 40 CFOs, CEOs, and CHROs, including our special guest today, on that subject. Oh, awesome. Well, before we move uh, move forward with the show, George, uh, just a quick shout out to our sponsor, um, Hired. Uh, cut your career search time in half. I wonder how we were able to get that sponsor. Hmm. Anyway, hey, it <laughs> it's an arm wrestle. It's an arm wrestle. <laughs> in any event, if you know of anyone uh, contemplating a career transition or possibly in the middle of a transition currently, uh, they can grab the book very easily on Amazon, Kindle, um, and by the end of this month, Audible and iTunes, uh, and encourage them to get the book hired. Hey, so Lenny, you know, today we're talking about the critical few versus the mass many, and people are like, well, what is that? To me, it's about focusing on the right metrics. Our businesses focus on the right metrics as they're getting through this great reshuffle, great resignation, whatever you want to call it, right? And so my question as a previous CFO, have you ever seen and walked into businesses where they've had all the wrong metrics, there's all kinds of frustration, and we're really not hitting all eight cylinders? Well, you know, it's interesting, George. I was, I was reflecting upon that. And back in the day when I was a restaurant company CFO, oftentimes we would measure sales. And in, in retail, it's comp sales. And really, that's dollars, you know, year over year dollars. But the real health of those types of businesses, as I used to say, were butts in the door, you know, transactions, people. So yes, you can measure sales. Dollars are what you take, take to the bank. But the real metric in that business, in my humble opinion, was number of transactions, people in and out of the doors or the turnstiles, George, to use your previous term. 
Um, so, you know, that that was one of my my examples. But fortunately, George, you know, we, we have a subject matter expert who's going to join us this morning. Uh, hey, don't we know it? somebody? We do. <laughs> we, we always know somebody, George. Yeah. Uh, it's it's my privilege to welcome to uh, our show, Heather Lamb. Uh, good morning, Heather. Heather is a senior client partner at Franklin Covey, uh, who helps businesses and leaders on strategy, execution, and sales transformation. It's our pleasure to welcome Heather this morning. Nice to see you, Heather. Nice to see both of you. I heard you say you know somebody. These two, you guys know everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I'm honored to be here. And uh, just want to first say, I may or may not be an expert, but I surround myself with experts. Uh, like hey. people like people like you and people that I work with at Franklin Covey, my clients. So I'm happy to be here and hope that I can can share some some tips of value to you today. Well, you know, before we get started, Heather, I do want to let the viewers know that and, and thank you. Um, Heather was one of those folks that actually helped me get really detailed and deep into my next book that's due out. So appreciate all the insight and input, Heather. Oh, you're so welcome. It was it was fun to talk with you and I look forward to seeing the great work you're putting out there. So thanks so much, George. Appreciate it. Just want to say one quick thing. You know, I, I spent some time thinking about, well, do I want to say anything about Franklin Covey? Yes, I do. So I just want to share quickly that you know I've been there almost five years. Um, and Franklin Covey has evolved over the years. And many of you out there may say, oh my goodness, they're bringing on a person that's an expert in planners. No, I'm not an expert in a planner. Um, <laughs> we do a lot more than time management um, and we do more than seven habits of highly effective people. Although that is the foundation and the principles that um, really are behind everything that we do. But we've really grown into a global company over the years that specializes in helping organizations be top performing organizations um, really in four areas. And so just want to mention those. It's it's all about instilling habits of effectiveness in every individual. It's also about building and, and developing great leaders. I mean, from the first level leader, you know, to the executive. Um, it's also about culture. We're going to talk about that a little bit today um, and about people and instilling uh, an inclusive and high trust culture. And then, of course, my area of expertise and where I love to talk with executives on a regular basis is providing um, an execution platform to focus on and drive your most important goals and strategy. So Heather, I, I gotta I gotta ask, without divulging any uh, you know, shall I say, privileged information from clients, what can you share with um, with our viewers about mm -hmm. what you're hearing from business leaders um, mm -hmm. and the changing landscape when it comes to metrics? Yeah. You know, it, it's changing a lot, um, Lenny. Um, in fact, when you think about this post-COVID time that we're in, um, we're seeing a lot of different scenarios, right? A lot of work from home, a lot of hybrid. Um, those that have been hybrid or work from home are now going back full-time or sometimes required to go back full-time. Mm -hmm. and, and I think what I'm hearing most from the executives is how do we measure productivity? I mean, I, I'm not sure how to do that because for a long time, it was often around, like you said before, sales, right? What are the sales? Or what are the activities that they're doing, that, that kind of the KPIs that we've given them to, to do and watching those numbers? Um, and I, I think that's a struggle um, right now for organizations. Um, I would also say, you know, another um, place that's difficult is employee engagement. I mean, you can do the employee engagement um, surveys every year. You can do all kinds of assessments. But how do we really get to how engaged employees are before it's too late? 
mean, often we're seeing the lag measures of that, right? The lag, you know, people are leaving. Um, we're having trouble retaining top talent. We're having to pay more for people to keep them. Um, how do we measure that before it's too late? Hmm. Interesting. Is is it as simple as, hey, are people getting the work done? Because I'm hearing a lot of senior leaders, you know, yes, they like to measure things, but ultimately, are they getting the work done? Are things yeah. getting done and are they getting done timely? Yeah, I agree with you. You would think that that would be the case. But in talking with um, executives, you know, every day, some are along those lines and some are still kind of in that, hate to say, kind of what we call command and control. It's they, they want to be able to see everything. They want to know how many hours, how many minutes people are putting in. And, you know, butts in the seats. Yeah, exactly. And, seats. You know? and, and <laughs> are, are they home working or are they doing the laundry? Like, what are they doing? Um, and but I agree with you, Lenny. I mean, it really should be outcomes driven. What, what is it that's getting done? What are we driving towards? What are the yeah. results we need to hit? And are we hitting them? Are, are people mm -hmm. getting the outcomes that we expect of them? And if they are, let's measure that. Sure. Hey, Heather, you know, one of the things you, you just briefly spoke on is that that hybrid sense that work from home and, you know, culture is so important, you know, with the, you know, disconnect, you know, just through a video conference. Mm -hmm. How are you helping or what are you seeing best practices uh, for both businesses and leaders to only, you know, to right, measure the right ones in a hybrid sense? And then more importantly, make sure that those people are included and part of the culture. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, it's a great question, um, George. I think <clears throat> one of the key things that um, I do, that we do as a company working with our clients on a regular basis is to go in and approach what is their strategic narrative and take a look at their strategic pillars and then help mm. them to organize what's most important that's going to um, that's going to require, I guess I'd say like a breakthrough in behavior change. Um, and let's go to that one pillar and figure out what that is. And if that's around retention, if that's around onboarding more people, more butts and seats, whatever that is, let's help them to narrow that focus and figure out which one of those is most important to focus on. Because one of the things that we talk about a lot around execution, no matter what the subject is, um, is that you can only really get great results focusing on one or two key things with the same amount of energy. If you're trying to focus on three or four or 10 strategies mm -hmm. at one time, you're not gonna be able to get the results that you want. You're not gonna execute on anything. So we help them to organize and get down to what really matters. And often it is something around culture and people and how, how do we um, ensure that people are onboarded quickly and that they're in a, a great culture so they don't go down the road for $2 more an hour or for even $50,000 more in salary. There's a comment in the chat, uh, Heather, which uh, I'm hearing a lot about this. Uh, Deborah says, you know, employees feel more engaged when there's a culture of trust. Can you comment a little bit about, you know, what sort of things you're seeing now in the workplace mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. fostering an environment where there's trust? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the most important things is to be, I, mean, I would say with leaders, is to be doing regular one-on-ones with your people. I mean, this idea of performance reviews and all that, I mean, if you need to do those, do them. But what's most important is staying in contact and communicating. Not only high transparency, you know, high fidelity communication down to the front lines of, hey, this is where we're going as a company. This is what we want to focus on. This is our vision. How can you help us do that, right? bringing people into the fold so that it's not just a top-down approach of running a business, but it's bottoms up where you're involving the people closest to the work to say, hey, 
we value you. You're making a meaningful contribution to what we do and we trust you. You know, one of the, the key things that we talk about on a regular basis, and it's in one of our solutions called the four essential roles of leadership, is we want, and when it comes to engagement, is we want to help people to feel like they're a valued member of a winning team doing meaningful work and in an environment of trust, Lenny. So when you think about that word trust, it, it really is everything. It is the one thing that changes everything. We have a couple of books. One's um, Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey, and he just launched a brand new one called Trust and Inspire. And, you know, without trust, you cannot reach your goals. Um, trust is, is the one thing that changes everything. It's, it has an economic and a financial impact as well as a people impact. Think of it this way. If your people are more productive, right, your costs are going to go down. And if your people are less productive, if it's taking longer to get things done because of a lack of trust in their leadership, a lack of leaders trusting one another within their team, um, it's going to take a lot longer to get things done because you're going to have to have many meetings to talk about the meeting after the meeting after the meeting, right? So right. trust is really, really important. And it may sound fuzzy, wuzzy, you know, but when you really get down to it, trust is foundational to hitting your strategic goals to hitting your financials. So Heather, there's, there's another, uh, yeah, go ahead, George. Yeah. There's ahead, another George. great book out there uh, from a local Minnesota author, David Hossager, which is a trusted leader. And he basically states, you know, kind of what you just said, all problems or 99.9% .9 of the problems. If you really dig deep enough, it is trust mm -hmm. or the lack oh. thereof. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, one of the things I wanted to, if you'll just indulge me for, for just a second here, um, I wanted to share something from Stephen M. R. Covey's book. Um, again, it's Trust and Inspire. There you go. Um, and he says, you know, really and truly people talk about um, performance versus trust, and they really go together. Um, they go hand in hand. There has to be a synergy between them because if you don't, you're not going to get to the performance if you don't have the trust and you can have trust all day long. And let's face it, at the end of the day, you have to get results. We have to have performance to drive a business, to keep the doors open and to be profitable and grow. And so he has a lot in this chapter on, on these two things, but he says there is a synergy between the two. Um, when you talk about even empathy, strong empathy can propel us to great influence, which in turn can lead to better performance. We need to model both of these behavioral virtues separately and in combination. So it, mm -hmm. it really is about trust and empathy, trust, empathy, and performing. Let's let's do them both together, and we're going to create a much better culture for everyone. So Heather, speaking of yeah, speaking of performing, um, are there a couple of hints you might be able to give to some of our viewers uh, for Monday morning when they show up? You know, these are the one or two metrics that they absolutely need to make sure that they're looking at. Can you give us maybe one or two of those? Yeah, I, I think one that's very important is um, customer experience. And you could even go to customer loyalty and that sort of thing. But when you go in on Monday morning, be thinking about how can I make it a better experience for my customer. Now, here's the thing. I'm not just talking about your external customer. I'm talking about your internal customer. Because what we believe in all the work we've done in customer service and customer loyalty is that you have to make sure that you are creating loyal customers first within your company. And if you do that and you 
create a culture and foster a culture of people that want to be there that are really engaged, you will get great customer loyalty from those customers outside the organization. Hmm. So hmm. It's, it's really interesting, but to go in and think about today, how can I make it a great experience, um, a high trust culture? How can I measure what is going on within the company around customer loyalty? Um, how do I make sure that happens? Well, it's trusting people, it's empowering mm -hmm. people, it's delegation, um, it's ensuring that you're staying in constant communication with them and understanding what's important to them. What are they passionate about? What's their purpose? What do they want to do within the company to grow? Are you providing an opportunity for them to do that? Engaging mm -hmm. people in a high trusting relationship is going to increase business. It's going to increase business not only because the people are more engaged and want to work harder and do more, but it's going to create a better customer experience and then customers who are then loyal and, and driving your business and even converting to bring other other people along with them and, and creating new business hmm. for you. Cool. George? Yeah, Heather, uh, a, a couple of comments, you know, and then a question. Um, we went back maybe about two or three uh, topics. You're talking about um, affecting the right culture. Um, what I have found is, you know, in talking with all these folks for this book is, is that the businesses and leaders are not tapping their most valuable resource or one of their most valuable resources. And that's their first line manager, whether it's a manager or a supervisor. A, they're not trained enough. They're not educated enough to turn around as far as the process educating. Of course, they have skills and they've got a background and degree or what have you. Mm -hmm. But we're not training them to give them the right tools to make sure that they're making engagement because a supervisor or manager can be directing and leading anywhere from you know a couple of people all the way to maybe two dozen people so they have the most impact to the business but what i find is leaders and businesses aren't engaging the managers and giving them the right tools that's the comment and then the, you know just a question is mm -hmm. you know get going back you know to some of the clients that you probably experienced on the first onset mm -hmm. what are some of maybe the things that you've gone in you see hey this is this is the reason, these are the metrics that you're measuring that basically poise the wrong direction in the culture. Mm. Well, I have to go and back. How can and, they fix it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I have to go back and anchor on one of the key things I brought up earlier, and that's how are we measuring productivity? It's got to yeah. change. I mean, you can't, you cannot measure activity and activity alone as we did in a pre COVID environment. You just can't. People are working from home. People have to be, goes back to trust. It's just, it's all correlated, George. It's all correlated. But I think that the most important thing is start measuring outcomes, start measuring results. Hey, if somebody can get you results and, and they're working three hours a day, why do you care? If somebody can get you results and they're working 20 hours a day, that's probably, we need to talk about energy and productivity um, and time management. And, you know, who cares, right? Let, let's make sure we have engaged people in an environment of trust, people that want to be there. You're going to have less turnover, less war on labor, less issues about people going down the road to make a little more money. If you create and foster a culture of high trust and a culture in which people are empowered and they're rated on and they're, they're paid on the outcomes in which they achieve. So Heather, what I hear you saying in, in, in your very eloquently put together comments, there's a need to have some recalibration of KPIs. I mean, and I, I think I heard you say 
focus on the outcome. Don't focus on the activity. What's the outcome? Can you talk just briefly about, you know, some of the recalibration of KPIs that you're seeing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I think I'm going to change it just a little bit, Lenny, um, and say this, because of all the execution work that I do, it is so important that we are allowing the people at the front lines to have a say in what it is they do to help us drive the the critical business results that we need to get. And that means engagement where they're keeping score themselves of what's going on. It's not just the KPIs are owned by the leader, which is important, but then the KPIs are owned by the people. So they they are closest to the work. You know, Edwards Deming, you know, the the father of what improvement, right? Of continuous improvement. He, he talked about people within 12 feet of the work, they know their work the best. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, and George, you probably know better than I do. Yep. But yep. but it's the people closest to the work that know what they need to do. So ask them, involve them in it and say, what, what can we do together to achieve our team goal? Team leader, what can we do together to achieve our business unit goal? Unit, business unit leader, we have this strategic pillar, it's huge. Okay. It's around quality. It's around safety. It's around whatever it is. Um, reducing waste. How are we going to achieve that? Right. If you trust your people and empower your people, they'll come up with what those KPIs are. And so in every industry, it's different. You know, we work with all types of industries, but I would right. say go to your people and ask them what that is. That's all what we do with our execution framework. It's, it's all tops down and bottoms up at the same time so that, so that you can really get the best results and change behavior which is what's going to drive the business results. Thank you. Well, Heather, I told you that this show really goes fast, but before we we, we leave, I um, want to ask you one last question, which will lead into our next topic of our next show is, mm-hmm. what are you finding leaders and businesses doing great to prevent people leaving their organizations? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tough one because we all know we're losing people right and left. And a lot of them are top talent. We don't want to lose. Um, I, I, I think that the biggest thing is the companies that I hear of that have high retention and retention is not always a good thing. It needs to be retention of your good talent, by the way. But those that have high retention of top quality talent, it is a transparent highly visible organization. Mm. They make it so that people feel like they really are a part of everything going on. They know the why, you know, Simon Sinek start with why. They know the why behind the what. They understand what the vision is of the executive leadership, the frontline leadership, and then they know what they need to do to make it happen. It's all about that transparency and communication and again, back to trust. Trust mm-hmm. is the foundation to it all. Sure. Well, Heather, it was a pleasure to see you on a Saturday morning. Thank you so much for showing up early and providing mm-hmm. energy and your thoughts. It's been a great pleasure and hope to see you again soon. Thank of you. Of course. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Whew, they go fast. I, they do, George. They do. Hey, so we want to thank Heather um, for joining the show today, giving the insight. It also helped me uh, with the, the book that's due out uh, this summer. Um, if you are a leader or a business struggling and need assistance on strategy, execution, or sales transformation, you can reach out to Heather both on LinkedIn and the email on the screen. 
Well, George, I, I would be remiss if we did not recognize our two-time award-winning producer, Ethan Connor. Uh, Ether's typically not on the, uh, on the screen with us, but he's very much behind the scenes. As I like to say it, he's the glue who makes it happen. Uh, Ethan was recently uh, recognized uh, for best narrative and best sound design on a short story, Cold War. I would strongly encourage you to check it out on YouTube. It's Ethan Connor. Now, George, on to our next show. Um, reverse the turnstile. Uh, how business owners and leaders can prevent their top talent from leaving, which is very topical, specifically over the last 60, 90, 180 days. Um, Absolutely. Until the next show, uh, we want to wish all of you um, a relaxing weekend uh, and a productive week ahead. And remember to achieve forward and get better. Bye.